All right, so last week we kicked off our new message series, Who Do You Say I Am? And this is the question that Jesus asks us in Luke chapter 9, verse 20. And it's the most important question we will ever answer in all of our life. And to help us answer this question, we're exploring throughout this series the seven I am statements in the book of John that point to who Jesus is. Because it's impossible to be wrong about Jesus and to be right with God. Your answer will determine the direction and ultimate destination of your life. So we're going to flip our focus this year. The world wants us to focus on ourselves. What's in it for me? Because the more consumed we are with ourselves, the more distracted we become from fulfilling our God-given purpose. So instead of focusing on who we are or who we should become, we're going to focus on who Jesus is. Because once we understand who Jesus is, this will set the stage for who we are and who he desires for us to become. Now, last week we explored the first uh, of Jesus' I Am statements. I am the bread of life. He is the living bread that came down from heaven to satisfy the spiritual hunger that we all have. And nothing can satisfy this hunger but him. So we must pursue more of Jesus. And when we pursue more of Jesus, we get to know Jesus. We have a deep, intimate, and personal relationship with him. This is what it means to have eternal life. It's to know him. And to know him, we've got to be feeding our faith. We cannot grow spiritually without eating the right spiritual food on a consistent basis. And the right spiritual food for us to consume is the bread of life. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 4, verse 4, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. In other words, if we are not feeding our faith with the word of God every day, we are spiritually starving ourselves. He is the word of God, and he is the living bread that gives us spiritual life. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that you are that living bread. May we feast upon you every day. I pray right now, Jesus, that you'd come into this place. We invite you here. We ask that you'd open our minds and our hearts to you today, that you'd speak to us, and that what we hear today, we put into action. In Jesus' name. Amen. So this week, we're going to dive into Jesus' second I am statement. And if you've got your Bibles with you, you can turn to John chapter 8, verse 12. And if you don't have a Bible, then you can follow along up on the screen, or you can pick up a Bible here up on this bookshelf that you can borrow during service. But John chapter 8, verse 12, and Jesus says, I am the light of the world. He who follows me will not walk in the darkness, but will have the light of life. You see, light is essential for life. Without it, our planet would shrivel up and die. Light is the single source for food generation for nearly every living thing in this world. So without light, there is eventually no life. Now, let me ask you, when did God create light? What day in the creation story in Genesis did God create light? Who knows? Thank you. The first day, right? Exactly. It was the first thing that God created, and it was the very first words recorded in the Bible that God actually said. He said in Genesis chapter 1, verse 3, Let there be light, and there was light. And God saw that the light was good. Now, when was the sun created? 
On what creation day was the sun created? Who knows? I heard the first day. First day. Okay, anyone else? Any other takers? Day four. Day four. Isn't it interesting that light, right, came into the world on the first day, but it wasn't until day four that God actually created the, the, the sun? Don't you find that interesting? Now, by creating light three days before creating the sun, the moon, or the stars, God made it very clear that light and everything that light stands for did not come from any created thing. It comes from God himself. God is the source of light. The sun is just a tool that he uses. Now, this is not just something that we should think about at Christmas time. This is something we should think about all the time. God is the light of the world. And this is incredibly important because it explains why so many people miss who God is because they look to the created instead of to the creator. You get what I'm saying? The sun is just something he created. He is the light of the world, literally. Am I the only one excited today? Come on. (laughs) My goodness. Scripture records that he is the true light. And without him, there is no life. Light is what produces life. And it's a light so bright and so glorious that none of us could ever see it, right? If we saw it with our own eyes, we could never see it and live. And we know that because if we look at Exodus chapter 33, verse 20, this is why God tells Moses, or Moses asked God, show me your glory. And God says, no man can see me and live. That's how magnificent, that's how amazing his light is. So when Jesus said, I am the light of the world, he was not saying, I am a light of the world. As if there are many lights and Jesus is just one of them. No, he was saying, I am the light of the world. He was saying, I am the only source of true light and there is no other. I am the full revelation of God in the flesh, he was saying, which is exactly what the apostle Paul said in Colossians chapter two, verse nine, for the entire fullness of God's nature dwells bodily in Christ. Everything God is, all of his attributes, all of his character, his perfection, his holiness, his power, his love, and his light, everything of God is found completely in Jesus Christ. God is light, and Jesus is the manifestation of that light to the entire world. Now, when the Pharisees heard Jesus say, I am the light of the world, they said to him, you bear witness of yourself. Therefore, your witness isn't true. In other words, because you testify about yourself, your testimony is not valid. But here's what's really interesting. Light doesn't need a witness. Every morning when we wake up, we know light's there. All we've got to do is look up into the sky and we see the sun. The only ones who cannot see light are those who are blind. If we're to look back at the beginning of the book of John, we would see that light and darkness was used to contrast belief and unbelief. In verse 9 of chapter 1, Jesus is described as the true light that gives light to everyone. So on this day, when Jesus said, I am the light of the world, there were many who could finally see for the first time because they believed. But there were also many who who remained blind and could not see. They were blind no matter how bright 
his light is because they refused to believe in him. And you see, that still reigns true today. There are many who are spiritually blind. They wander around stumbling in spiritual darkness looking for something they don't have. They may have a job. They may have a house. They may have a car. They may have a TV. They may have all kinds of stuff, but they're not really happy. They're not fulfilled. They don't have peace in their heart. Why is that? It's because they don't have Jesus, the light that leads to life. When when you turn to Jesus as the Lord of your life, he turns the light on in your heart. And that's the reason he came into this world. Jesus said in John chapter 12, verse 46, he said, I have come into the world as light so that whoever believes in me may not remain in darkness. So when we believe in Jesus, we have the light that leads to life. And we come out of the darkness that leads to death. But this belief that Jesus is talking about, it's more than intellectual acknowledgement of who he is and what he's done. It's more than just head knowledge. It's a belief that goes from our head down to our heart, and then it gets put into action. Put that in your blank. Action. That's where faith comes in. Faith compels us to take action on what we believe. And the action that Jesus is calling us to is in the very next part of our text in John chapter 8, verse 12. He says, I am the light of the world. He who follows me, right? We are to follow him. That, that right there, that's the action that we've got to take. This is absolutely critical to our faith. So critical, in fact, that Jesus gives us a warning in Matthew chapter 7, verse 21. He says, not everyone who calls out to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Only those who actually do the will of my Father in heaven will enter. This is important. To call him Lord means that we know who he is, right? But we don't have that relationship. That's what the difference is. Only those who actually do the will of my Father in heaven will enter. We actually have to do the will of, the, will of God. We don't just sit around and talk about it or read about it or even just think about it. We have to do it. This means there's got to be some kind of action that we're going to have to take. James says this in James chapter 1, verse 22. He says, Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. So what do we need to do? There's two words. Follow him. Follow him. It's the same words that Jesus said to his disciples, right? You can read all about that throughout the Gospels. What did he say to them? Follow me is what he said, right? That's what you and I have to do. To follow him means we go in the same direction that he goes. We don't follow the direction of the world. No, we actually go in the opposite direction. And there's a reason the world uses the term mainstream. Because everyone in the world is going in the same direction in that mainstream But you and I, as children of God, we must follow Jesus, which means we must be swimming upstream against the current of the world. John tells us in 1 John 1, verse 5, that God is light and there is no darkness in him at all. This means when we follow Jesus, 
as he calls us to. We don't walk in darkness. You see, it's not enough to look at the light and just stare at it. We've got to follow it. There is a reason the wise men were called wise men, because they followed the light. Those who don't follow the light, they stumble into all kinds of sin. They do what's right in their own sin-blinded eyes. Because without Jesus, you are walking in darkness. And we're not to have anything to do with darkness. The world is full of darkness. Nearly all of its TV shows, its movies, its language, its actions are all full of darkness. Just look around. Look at what's going on in the world today. What's good is called evil, and what's evil is called good. We really have got to ask ourselves, am I following the mainstream, or am I going upstream towards Jesus? Because the fact is, if we look like the world, we can't look like Jesus. If we're a child of God, then we are a child of light, and light does not play with or in darkness. No, it exposes it. We expose it. In Ephesians chapter 5, beginning in verse 6, Paul says this, For once you were full of darkness, but now you have the light from the Lord. So live as people of light. For this light within you produces only what is good and right and true. Carefully determine what pleases the Lord. Take no part in the worthless deeds of evil and darkness. Instead, expose them. You and I, as children of light, are to take no part in the deeds of darkness. We should have nothing to do with them. In fact, we should hate them. Light only produces what is good and right and true, which means that darkness only produces what is bad and wrong and false. And here's the real danger. Here's the real danger. We have an enemy who imitates the light. In 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 14, it says that Satan actually disguises himself as an angel of light. No wonder we see what is good called evil and what is evil called good, because our enemy is a master at deception. He is constantly trying to replicate, manufacture, and produce a light that's not eternal. And so many people fall into this deception every single day because they're attracted to the false light rather than the true light. They are attracted to a false light because it feels good. It gives them an appearance of freedom. It gives them self-sufficiency. It gives them an excuse to partake of whatever they want to partake of, even sin, because the false light does not produce any conviction of sin. No, it actually encourages it, excuses it, and entertains it. And if you're here today and you believe in a gospel of salvation that gives you the freedom to continue living in sin, you are believing a lie from hell. This cozy, that's just cozy Christianity. And we reject that. As remnant people, we reject cozy Christianity. You are believing a lie from the enemy if you believe that. Because that's a false light. Jesus didn't die for us so that we can continue in sin. No, the true light loved you so much that he sent his one and only son into this world to rescue you from darkness, to rescue you from sin. And without this rescue, you were destined to remain in darkness. Jesus paid the debt of your sin with his very own blood that he shed on the cross. 
And after three days, he rose from the dead, crushing darkness forever. So now you don't have to walk in darkness. You can walk in the light. Now, as long as we're in these fleshly bodies, we're going to make mistakes. But sin is no longer what we practice. As children of light, we should not be content to live in sin, to live in the dark. Sin is no longer something we practice. Now, we may get tripped up from time to time, but because of the light that is in us, we will repent and turn to God for forgiveness. We will not be content to go on sinning. There's a big difference in struggling with sin and being comfortable with sin. You follow me? We really need to take an inventory of our lives to see what we're comfortable with or what makes us happy because God is not interested in what makes us happy as much as he is interested in what makes us holy. And what makes us holy is following him. Those who follow him are not comfortable and nor are they happy in sin. 1 John chapter 3, verse 9 says, Those who have been born into God's family do not make a practice of sinning because God's life is in them. So they can't keep on sinning because they are children of God. So this is why we have to really examine ourselves. Children of light cannot keep on sinning. They cannot practice sin. It cannot be a habit that we continue in. Light and darkness don't mix. Light always casts out darkness. Darkness can never extinguish the light. Now, Jesus warns us in Luke chapter 11, verse 35, that we are to be careful and make sure that the light we think we have is not actually darkness. Now, did you hear that? We have to make sure the light we think we have is not actually darkness. Remember, Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. True light has nothing to do with the deeds of darkness. True light instead exposes them. So we really need to ask ourselves, what are we involving ourselves in that is not good, right, and true? What are we allowing ourselves or our family to be part of? What are we allowing in our homes? What are we allowing to come out of our mouths? What are we allowing ourselves to be entertained by? And what does what we allow produce in our lives? Because according to Ephesians chapter 5, verse 9, which we've already seen, true light only produces what is good, right, and true. The false light produces just the opposite. And the reality is those who follow the false light are really still trapped in darkness that leads only to destruction and death. Now, if we look back at our text for today, in John chapter 8, verse 12, Jesus said, I am the light of the world. He who follows me will not walk in the darkness, but will have the light of life. So if we follow him as the word says we're to follow him, we won't be walking in darkness. We will instead have the light that leads to life. So how should we follow him? How should we follow him? To help us answer this, let's look at what Jesus says in Matthew chapter 5, verses 14 through 16. Jesus says, You are the light of the world, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. 
The you that he's talking about here, that's anyone who has made Jesus their Lord and Savior. Because anyone who has done that now has Jesus living on the inside of them. They now have the true light. And the true light in us is what makes us the light of the world. So many people get this wrong because they get the focus wrong. The focus is not on you. It should always be on him. You and I were not made to be the light. We were made to reflect the true light. And we were not made to hide the light either. Now, there are two extremes that we've got to avoid here. We don't hide the light and we don't try to be the light. We weren't made to be the light. We were made to reflect His light. We were made to shine His light, to bring Him glory. You can see this in verse 16. It says, we don't let our good deeds shine out so people praise us. No, it's all about praising our Heavenly Father. I think C.S. Lewis said it best. He said, don't shine so others can see you. Shine so that through you, others can see Him. It's all about him because he is the light of the world. And what makes us the light of the world is his light in us. We need to let him shine through us because he is the source of light. He is. And his light in us desires for us to follow him. That's what light does. It draws us to it. It provides us hope when we follow it. Not only does Jesus say, I am the light of the world, he says, you are the light of the world. And this demands a response. And the only reasonable response is to follow him. Light was meant to be followed. It's not meant to be avoided. It's not meant to be ignored. It's meant to shine. In the darkest valleys in life, light is what can give us hope. And Jesus wants to give us that hope, but we've got to follow him. That's the single action that we need to take from today's message. This is the key takeaway right here. If you don't get anything else from today, get this. Follow Him. He is the light of the world. Don't let a sermon be impactful on Sunday, but then be wasted on Monday where we just simply return to our old sin habits like a dog who returns to his vomit. No. Jesus is the light of the world. Is He the light of your world? Because if he is, follow him. Let's pray.